gospel chapter 6. We are going to read from verse 46. Ask your neighbor how many chapters are in the book of Luke. Now ask your neighbor, say, quote me one verse from the book of Luke. One verse, just one. Not two, just one. The whole book, one verse. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. Luke 6 46. And the word of God says, Jesus speaking said, And why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on the rock and when the flood arose the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it why for it was founded upon a rock verse 49 but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great first corinthians chapter three first corinthians chapter three We want to look at from verse 9 to verse 15. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereupon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereupon. For the foundation can no one lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if a man built upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be, manif shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work, of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. By the grace of God, today, I will be sharing a message under the title, Building a Life, I mean, Building That Survives Storms. Building a life, or building anything, by the way, that survives a storm. Because it's very important for us to know that at this time of our lives, 
We need to be building. And when you are building, you must build something that will survive the storms. Let me try and get um, where I'm going to speak from so that there will be no time wasting. I think I had it open, but I, I'm suddenly seeing that there has been a movement. <laughs> and I don't want to take so much time. So let us pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies. Thank you for the privilege we have to approach you today. We open our mouth and we pant longing for your commandments. Satisfy our mouth with good things. Renew our youth as the eagle. Help us to build a life. Help us to build a career. Help us to build a family. Help us to be a financial life that will survive the storms that this world has to offer. We thank you for this building. It's a building that has been built several years ago and has survived up till now because it was well built. Let us learn something from this building today. As we come to the place of dedicating this building in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit for the purpose for which it was purchased to the glory and honor of your name. Anoint me to speak as an oracle of God and let your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Building a life or a career or a business or a family that will survive. How do I do that? How can I build something like this? This building has been here for several years. It has survived. And the reason why it has survived, and that is why we have come to invest our money in purchasing it, is because it was well built. And I want to take some object lessons from this building, apply them to our lives, so that as we are doing this today, you are also going to ask yourself 200 years from now. I know I will not be here, but what I build, will it last? Will it be there then? 300 years from now, if Jesus' story is coming, no one in this room today will be alive. If you are going to be alive, let me see your hand so that we can pray for liars. But how do we build a structure that survives? There is an important notice which I want to bring to each and every one of us today and which we should consistently and continually remember. And that is the fact that you and I, whether you recognize it or not, you accept it or not, you and I are building something. When you look at the way you spend your money, the way you spend your time, the way you spend your resources, all of us, without exception, we are building something. But there are seven areas where we differ. Though we are all building something. Pastor here is building a ministry, building a family, building a business empire. Pastor Tumbosu, I mean Pastor Toyosi is building. And every one of us is building. But we differ in terms of seven things. Number one, we differ in terms of what we are building. While some people are building their career, others are building their business. Some are building their financial security. 
while others are building up themselves on their most holy faith. After the session yesterday, two ladies walked up to me and said, I want to be a better Christian. Now, that was a matter of concern. She was interested in building that area of her life. Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So, every one of us building something, but we differ in terms of what we are building. What you are building is not what I'm building. What you are building is not inferior to what I'm building. What I'm building is what is my concern. What you are building is what is your concern. Number two, we also differ not just in terms of what we are building, we also differ in terms of why we are building. Some are building because others are building. Some others are building because it's time to build. Some others are building because what they earlier built had collapsed. Some others are building because they have been instructed to build. We don't just differ in terms of what we are building. We also differ in terms of what we are, what we are building. Some people are building to be seen. Some people are building because their colleagues are also building. But everyone is building something. We differ in terms of what we are building and why we are building. Number three, we also differ in terms of the rates at which we are building. Some people are building at a fast rate. Others are building at a slow pace. The question I want to ask is this, at what rate are you building? I know people who within seven years have four children. That is a fast builder. When I was building my house in Ilori, we built it. It's a split-level design, six stories. Split-level design. I got it from France. We spent 83 days in building from the basement to the penthouse. It was fast. We were building day and night. Some workers would come during the day and build. Some other would come in the night and build. I can tell you this, that Victory House have been building very fast. And that is why I congratulate you. Congratulations. So we define terms of the rate at which you are building. The rapidity. Some people are slow builders. I remember one of my uh, co-workers when I was lecturer. The house we are moved into, he built it for 15 years. But I built mine for 83 days. So you can see that we differ. Though we both built houses, but we differ in terms of the rate at which we are building. Number four, we also differ in terms of where we are building. Some are building here on earth, while some are building in heaven. Some of us here are building here in America, while some of us are building back in the country of our original nativity. So we also define terms of where we are building. Some people, they are heavenly minded. Some people, they are earthly minded. Some people are building in heaven. Some people are building on the earth. Some people are building here where they live or where they sojourn while others go back home whatever they call wherever they call home and that is where they are building. So we are different. We are all building but we are different in those four areas. Number five, we also differ in terms of 
when we are building some people build in the night your pastor is a night builder i thought that i was good at being awake at night but organa master he builds at night some of us build at night i work better in the night i spread better in the night i study better in the night but some people immediately in six you see them yawning like a leopard because they are day builders they function better in the day but there are some of us who function better in the night so we also differ as it were in terms of when we build others are day builders some people are night builders some people build early others build late i was telling someone i said i met young men who bought their first house cash at the age of 27 my own house was first house was bought at the age i was was built at the age of 46. so there are people who build we differ in terms of where we are building when was it you bought your own house or when was when is it that you're going to buy your own house uh victory house is one of those churches that i've seen that are building very early in five years you have a building of your own in five years not just building you also have members who have been built up on their most holy faith you build a congregation of victorious people can i hear you say amen Amen. you build families you build businessmen congratulations number six we are all building something but we also build different in terms of who and what we are building for some people only build for time some people build for eternity what are you building for who are you building for some people build for the lord others build for themselves solomon built for the lord he built a temple the decoration of solomon's temple in those days where he built it the calculation of it by bible scholars what i spent 45 billion dollars in its decoration alone he was building for the lord but you know he did not just build a temple he also built a house for himself some of us build for the lord we don't build for ourselves some of us build for ourselves we don't build for the lord so we define in terms of whom or what we are building for some build for themselves some build for the lord some build for time others builds for eternity you see those who built this building they didn't build this building to be here for 50 years i've seen some churches that when they build they only build to last for 50 years but those who build this building i can tell you when it was built they were thinking of 200 years 300 years and that was all occasioned how they built it so when you are building for posterity you are building for legacy is different i always tell people this <clears throat> that when i'm preaching i'm not just preaching to <clears throat> to serve appetizers i'm preaching a message that so many years from now when you look back you'll say wow that impacted me that changed the direction of my life so in building my messages i always have that in mind 
before I slept yesterday, it was 3 o'clock, 3 a.m., and I was up by 7. Now, why would I put so much effort into it? Because my message is not just to entertain you. It's not just to fill up an awkward 45 minutes. My message is to leave a deposit in your life. So that so many years from now, when you look back, you say, that was the message that turned my life forever. I'm so encouraged when people walk up to me and say, you preached a message in 1995. You probably can't remember, but it's indelible on their lives. So when you're building, be conscious to build a legacy, to leave a footprint and a, sat, a, a footprint and a fingerprint in people's lives that you come across in the land of Elohim. Some people are just building a life. Say, I'm building a life. But some people are building more than a life. They are building a legacy. So have that at the back of your mind. You know, I was telling a couple this. They were going to get married. One was AS, the other one was AS. And I said, it's very advisable that both of you look for someone with AA blood type. And they said, ah, we love each other. I said, listen, don't build children that will not be able to exist or live comfortable lives because of sickle cell anemia. A woman in our church, she had five children. In our presence like this, prayer, lay hands, anointing with oil, four died. Among those who died was a medical doctor at 37. He was an engineer and the other one was an accountant. And I told her, she was crying one day. I said, why are you crying? Well, you are going to build. Why are you not advised that if you marry like this, this is the kind of children you can have? He said, yes, we are, but we love each other. I said, you see now? You only build for yourself. You build for yourself. All five children have died in your presence. One of the most painful things for a parent to bury their children. David cried over Absalom. He cried over Adonijah. Because before his very eyes, his children were dying and falling dying here and there. It's a powerful thing. So when you are advised about certain things that are future repercussions, you should take heed. I have seen churches where we advise them, and this structure you are building, there is no beam here. There is no ah, That is just for... Uh, we just want to have a building, something over our head. Oh, okay. I remember we were building our sanctuary in Lorraine. The amount of, we had a saving then to start with. And the amount of savings we had was six million. The entire six million went into the foundation. So I asked the man, the foundation was, in fact, the building is taller in foundation than it is on top. And I asked the man, why are you doing this? He said that is the secret of the palm tree. So the palm tree's root is deeper, and that's why it grows upward. And that is why when the storm comes, you can only bend the palm tree. You cannot break it. Palm tree is built to last. That's why God compares us to palm trees. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar. In Lebanon, if you build mushrooms, today you are here, tomorrow they are all gone. But if you are building a ministry or building any career, 
That's going to last and outlast so many other careers that other people build. You must be careful as to what you are building for. Number seven, every one of us is building. We also differ in terms of who we are building with. Some people are building with God. Jesus said in John chapter 5 verse 30, chapter 5 verse 19, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. When it was time for David to build, God says, don't build. You have shed too many blood, too much blood. I want your son Solomon to build. So we also define in terms of who we are building with. I know husband who build alone. And I know husband who build with their wives. We define in terms of who we are building with. Some build with God. Others just build with ordinary people. Ordinary human beings. Some build alone. Some build in the company of others. I can see that Victory House is a church that has been built with enough input from others. Your pastor believes in the gift and the graces of other people. And he uses these gifts and graces to build. He's not a low ranger. And that is why he's building a solid house where there is deep participation from many people, male and female, single, married, widowed, divorced, rascals, good guys. Everybody's on the team. So he's a team player as it is, they will say. Now, I've said all of that. Let me go on by saying this. The key thing I want to deal with today is the need for us to take in how we build whatever we are building. Is it your career? Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your health? Is it your relationship generally? We need to take it how we build. The scripture that we read in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, according to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builder thereon. But let every man take heed how he built it thereupon. We are building something. Everybody's building something. But you need to be very careful as to how you build. You are going to build a family? Be careful. You are going to build a career? Be careful. Be careful about what? How you build. The word how can simply be defined as in what way, in what manner, by what method. In other words, how are you building? According to what specifications? According to what specifications? Do we do what we do? In scriptures, you notice that God is interested in how we do what we do. In the first sermon Jesus Christ preached, a total of 111 verses, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is called the greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 6, he talked about three things. Verse 2, he talked about giving. In verse uh, 5, 6, he talked about praying. In verse 16, 17, 18, he talked about fasting. 
It didn't just tell the people that they should give. It didn't just tell the people that they should pray. It didn't just tell the people that they should fast. But he focused on how they do those things. God is interested not just in what you do, but in how you do it. How you do something can destroy the result you will have gotten from what you do. Some of us give, but how do we give? Some of us pray, but how do we pray? Some of us fast, but how do you fast? So, in Mark Gospel, chapter 12, verse 21, the Bible said Jesus sat over and against the treasure, the offering bowl, and he watched how they were given. You are building something with the way you are giving, with the way you are praying, with the way you are fasting. You are building something. And God is looking not just at the fact that you put an envelope into the offering plate. But God is looking at how you are doing it. Let me tell you something. Recently I told some people, I said, the church, we are focused too much on tithes. And people think the only way you can steal from God is by not paying tithes. But the scripture in Malachi chapter 3, when it says, will a man rob God? And then the people said, in what have we robbed you? And God answered and said, in tithes and offerings. You may not be robbing God in tithes. You pay tithes, 10%. But is your offering a reflection of your capabilities? Is your offering a reflection of how God has blessed you? You see, for you not to rob God in offerings, then your offering must be a reflection of how God has blessed you. That's what the Bible teaches. First Corinthians chapter 16. It said, upon the first day of the week, let everyone set aside, even as God has blessed them. So there are still thieves who pay tight. And the reason why you are not seeing the kind of financial returns that you should be seeing is because you are not giving commensurate to your income. As a young minister, God told me one day, he said, let your giving be according to your income or I will make your income according to your giving. If God makes our giving according to our income, how many of us will be able to afford many of the things that we need in our lives? I've seen so many people who give pitians in offerings. And God said, no, you offend me, you steal from me. Because I know I have blessed you. Matthew 10, it says, freely, freely you have received. Then what did he say? Freely, freely give. When some fund was being taken for the poor people in the particular church in Acts 11:29, the Bible said everyone brought according to how God had blessed them. So your giving must be a reflection to how God had blessed you. So Jesus sat over and watched how the people gave. How? How? Not what they gave, but how they gave. And rich people came and cast in a lot of money. But there was a woman there who was a widow. She had only two mites. Which was like a father. She stood in the queue. And that was all she had. 
And Jesus told his apostles, he said, you see that woman? What that woman has given is more than what all these people have given. You are building something. You are building something. God looks at your motives. He doesn't look at your moves. Your move that you visit the offering bowl does not impress God. It is what you put there. He looks at how you gave. And that is very important. How we build, whatever we build, is very important. How do you build? I know churches who probably want to buy a building like this. Then they declare a bazaar. Or they declare a launching. Chief launcher. Assistant launcher. Assistant deputy chief launcher. Deputy, assistant, chief launcher. Then they bring the world to come and contribute to building the kingdom. We practice those things in the time of ignorance. But the Bible said the time of ignorance God has wintered. The time of ignorance. Look, I learned, I saw in the Bible that whatever needed to be built was provided for by God's people. When they wanted to build a tabernacle in the wilderness, it was the people who gave towards it. In fact, the people gave to a point that they had to tell them, it's enough, don't give anymore. Exodus 36, verse 5. In Solomon's temple, David was the first person who gave. There were other people around who also gave and supported it. Noah building the ark. Nobody told us that people helped Noah out. The three children of Noah and the wife. Their wives and the wife of Noah. Eight of them were the people that built that ark. They self-financed it. Many times we want to do things, we want to build. We build in ridiculous ways that are shameful. I was in a particular church one day. They were selling used clothes. And they said the reason is that they are raising money. To build. I said, no, this is an irresponsible way to raise money. God is looking at how we do things. So it's important that when we build things, the most outstanding part of anything we build is the foundation. The foundation is what will guarantee that that thing lasts. Foundation is important. When Solomon's temple was being built, First Kings chapter 5 verse 17, Told us the kind of stones that they used. The Bible used three words: say great stones, costly stones, and stones that were hewn out. That was the kind of stones they used to build the foundation. Foundation of your marriage, foundation of your financial security. On what are you building? Foundation of your relationships. Is it Jesus? Or physical attraction or what you call chemistry. Chemistry has a way of changing with time. The chemical components can be altered drastically. What is the what are you building on? Foundation is very important. The reason why this building is standing today is because of the foundation. It's because of the foundation. It's not because of what is put on it. If there was not a good foundation, there will not be nothing that can that it can carry. I will explain that in a minute. So foundation is very important. Psalm 11 verse 3 says, if the foundation is faulty, 
There is very little the righteous or the engineer can do. If the foundation of a building is faulty, there is very little the engineer can do, no matter how knowledgeable he is. So marriages have a wrong foundation. You can counsel, you can lay hands on, you can do deliverance. If the foundation is faulty, there's nothing the righteous can do. The Bible says in the first Timothy chapter 6, verse 19, it says, laying up in store a foundation against the time to come. You will never know the power of a foundation until the time to come. If your financial security is built on a very weak foundation, in the time to come, it crumbles. If your marriage is built on the wrong foundation, in the time to come, it crumbles. So when it comes to building and how we build, foundation is very important. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it said the foundation of the Lord standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone that name in the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What does the word foundation mean? Foundation. Remember we are talking about building on a foundation that we are talking about building your life on something that will prevail. The word foundation is a word that we ought to study very closely. Let me define what a foundation is. A foundation can be defined as something on which something is established. A foundation is that on which something is established. This pulpit, as it were, is established on this. There is no way this can stand if this were not there. It's established on this. This is what this pulpit is established on. That on which something is established or built. Foundation, in other words, can also be defined as that which supports what is built. What supports what is built. Some friends, a woman and a woman who are friends, one has a male child, one has a female child, and they say, because we are friends, let our children marry. That foundation can stand. It's not solid enough to go through a marriage that is supposed to last 50 years, 70 years, if the lottery is coming. Foundation is that on which something is established. It's also that which actually supports what is built. What is supporting these walls, these beams, everything? The foundation. If something is wrong with the foundation, this will not be in place. Let me tell you something that happened recently. In Turkey, you heard about the earthquake in Turkey and about how several people were killed. Well over 50,000 people died. And they discovered that the place where most of the people died was a place that was given to a particular contractor to build and they instructed him as to the kind of things he was supposed to use the foundation. And if you talk to engineers, they will tell you this, structural engineers, building engineers, civil engineers. They said, look, because this area is earthquake prone, we want this material to be put as the foundation. And they agreed with him. But when the earthquake happened, 
the foundation was was exposed that the man and his company did not use the actual material that was recommended. You know what the government did? They just rounded up every member of the man's household, every person in his company, and brought them to the place where the earthquakes happened. They dug a big grave and killed all of them and buried them there. That's how important foundation is. If you see houses coming down like a pack of cards, if you see marriage dissolving with ease, if you see people who used to be rich become broke, it has to do with the foundation. Everybody's building something. You need to be careful how you build. And the most important thing is the foundation. This church was not born out of strife. That's foundation. It was not born out of arguing. It was not born out of a personal ambition. It has foundation. When Abraham was looking for a city, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 11.10, he was looking for a city that has foundation. You see, when you want to go to a church, look for a church that has foundation. Some churches don't have foundation. Bitterness, contention, breakaway is the reason for some churches. And so, in the future, you will see that church dissolve. Ah, we don't have Paul, Satan. We don't know what Paul, Satan is powerful. It's not Satan that is powerful. It's a structural defect in the foundation of that thing that caused it to crumble. This building of survival buildings that were built around the same time, because there's a difference in the foundation upon which it is built. And that is why so many years after it's built, we are here and we have purchased it. Though still paying. And we shall finish paying very well in one piece in Jesus' name. So what is foundation? That on which something is established, that which actually supports what is built. It is also that which every part of the building depends on. The foundation is that upon which every part of the building depends on. This building is not a whole piece because of the roof. It's a piece because of the foundation. So the foundation is what something is established upon. Something that supports is built. It's also that on which something depends. It is also that which holds together the structure. So ladies and gentlemen, we need a good foundation. Whatever you're going to build, a career, a ministry, foundation is... I always warn young men, no one say you can't start ministry, but be careful how you start. Take it how you build. Don't break away, don't go angry, don't grow bitter. God can wait, don't be in a hurry. You're not the only one that hears God. These two things here, are not decoration on my faces. On my face. Apart from outer ears, we have inner ear too. There's nothing God is saying to you that probably we took out here. We are tuned. And so don't start anything we call. If you want to get married, don't fight your parents. Don't fight your church. Be careful how you build. Let us be able to send you forth. Don't enter into a man's house through pregnancy. Enter properly, decently, in a way that 
Even when you are pregnant, you don't need to hide it. You know that some people who hide pregnancy. They just disappear. You don't know about it. And all of a sudden, say, I'm married. I'm married. How did you marry? Did your father have a part in it? Was the church of God involved? How many of your friends? How many people who grew up with you know about what you are doing? Let everyone be careful how they be. We are dedicating a building today. We are taking some object lessons from building something that we are last. Because you see, these, these storms of life will come to every building. And what will make it stand? Last night, was it Friday night? A concert hall here in Chicago, how many of you saw that? Collapsed under that storm. But was it the only building in the storm? No, there were others. What made others to stand? And that one was not standing. The foundation is important. If it is out of place, there's nothing that I just can do. I was telling about the woman who had five children, and four of them died. When we asked her, how did you get married? He said, my parents were against it. His parents were against it. But you went ahead. I said, why? He said, chemistry. I said, now, you see biology? You see what has happened to biology now? You see what has happened to biology? <laughs> it was chemistry that made you do that. But look at the children you have raised. The children were bitter against their mother. Because the man has already run. When the man saw that all the five children were excess, the man ran away. He didn't wait. Became a punishment and a torment for the woman. And I said, even if the woman wants to marry, and you chose to believe your parents, the man cannot marry himself. It takes two to tango. So take it how you build. You want to start a business? Don't destroy somebody's business to start your own. That's not the way forward. That's not advancement. That is setting the head of the clock backward. You can structure yourself for destruction in the way you build anything. The way you build your conglomerate, you cheat, you lie. Next two days, something is going to happen in this country. You all have read it. You all have had it. But you see that? It's been going on for a long time. But he's not the only one. There are young ones here. You, 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 you. But the method you are going about is similar. You evade taxes. You lie to government officers. You cook books. Cook. Not boil. You cook it. So we need a good foundation for a number of reasons. Let me tell you six reasons why we need a good foundation for whatever you want to build. Number one, the word of God recommends the importance of foundation. Proverbs 13, 13, he that despises the word of God shall be destroyed. He that hacketh to the commandment shall be rewarded. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Behold, I have laid in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone and stone. He that believeth shall not be in a hurry. The word of God emphasizes the place of foundation, the importance of a proper foundation. Number two reason why you need a good foundation is because, and I want you to listen to this, God, who is our father, who is our perfect example, whom the Bible tells us we should emulate, 
is someone who builds with foundation. Let me share this with you. The Bible says in Psalm 18 verse 15, there is something called the foundation of the world. How many of you know that this world as it is, has foundation? And you know something odd about the foundation? It is water. It is water. Because what you dig and dig and dig, what you will meet there is water. At the very bottom of this earth is water. But God always has a foundation. You will see layers and layers in the way God builds. That is the kind of God you are serving. Revelations 21 verse 14 to 19 talks about the new Jerusalem. It said it is made up of 12 foundations. 12 foundations. So God we deal with is someone who builds with foundation. The Bible says in Psalm 82 verse 5, it talks about the foundations of the earth. The Bible in Psalm 82 verse, I mean, Psalm, uh, Psalm 18 verse 7, the Bible talks about the foundation for hills. And Isaiah 58, 7, uh, 58 12 says, the foundation of many generations. You see, God is a God of foundation. He always has a foundation for everything. He always has something that he puts everything on and cause them to be strong through such. So where do you get your own from that you are building without a foundation? Where do you get it from? Matthew 5, 48 It shall be imitators of God It shall be therefore perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Ephesians 5, 1 shall be imitators of God as their children. So God with whom we build for whom we build is a God who believes in foundation. And if he believes in foundation, why now do you want to build without foundation? Why? God always has, always has something on which he establishes something that holds what is built on. He has foundation for that. That's the second reason why you need a good foundation. Because not only does the word of God recommend it, but over and above what the word of God recommends is that God himself insists on foundation. The foundation of the Lord standeth sure. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Saying this, let whosoever name in the name of Christ depart from iniquity. First Timothy 6 19. Laying up for yourself a good foundation against the time to come. A disciple cannot be greater than his master. He that shall be perfect shall be like his master. Number three reason why you and I should have a good foundation for whatever we want to do because of the inevitable and uncontrollable storms that will buffet whatever we build. Let me say this to you. If you are building a financial empire, inflation will come. Market will slump. If you are building a marriage, the devil will give you the best of shots. Your children may go rogue. Your relationship may turn sour through sickness. So the third reason why you need a foundation is because storms are inevitable. When people were building this building, they didn't build it based on the weather of them. They had in mind terrible storms 
that will come against the building. And that is why if it is fortified, the way it is fortified is because they were building because of what the inevitable storms and uncontrollable storms that will happen. Life can be stormy. Marriage can be stormy. Financial world can be stormy. Look at banks in Silicon Valley. Two of them collapsed. Banks. And recently I learned that another third one, the one leg is off the ground. But I thank God it's not my bank. What I'm saying is these storms will come. You must make room for storms when you are building. You must make room for storms. The way things are built in this world is that people take into account the probability of storms. Yes, ago the Titanic was built in England, but they never took into recognition the issue of iceberg. And on its maiden sail from England, the Titanic sank near Halifax. I built to a museum in Halifax, Nova Scotia where the titanic and the debris from the titanic have been put if you have not watched the film go and watch the film the person who built it says even god cannot sink it but it was not god who sank it god is too much iceberg that's an iceberg pierced it and that was it so understand this as i'm speaking to you today we are dedicating this building if you will have something to dedicate make sure it has foundation People at times do weddings, but they never do marriage. Marriage is the covenant, wedding is the ceremony. After you have wedded and you have not married, you will see the difference. Marriage is more important than wedding. You may not be able to afford wedding, but make sure you have a solid marriage. Today what we see is the frivolities. A girl who has aborted 15 times is wearing white. Do you know what the white stands for? Purity. Now you have aborted 15 times. It's a mockery. In our church, we don't allow them. You wear native, or you wear blue. Oh, yeah, we don't. Uh, Why are you deceiving? In those olden days, African society, such things are not allowed. It's one of the greatest disgrace to any family. That a wife, a girl gets married and the husband does not meet her at home. She has, she has traveled. <laughs> That's the language they use in Africa. Say, well, I didn't meet her at home. She has traveled. So it's important for us to know. You see, when you're building, what is the foundation? Does this relationship have foundation? Or is it because our mothers are friends? Or because we're from the same town? Or because we are from the same church. <sighs> Churchianity is different from Christianity. Now I'm taking an object lesson from what we are doing today. I don't want to be part of something that will fail. I've tested, I've seen what my dear son here is putting on ground. And that's why I'm here. If not, uh, dedicate what you are going to dedicate. When the repossessors come, they will repossess it. But I've some financial discipline. 
I've seen commitment to God and prayer and depth of character. That's why I can stick my neck. Me, I not go pay debt to. But when I see that the foundation is sure, anyone who builds people can build any hall. But if you are interested only in building an empire without building people, you have nothing built. Understand me today. I pray you can get this and help you. So the third reason why we need to have a good foundation, inevitability and uncontrollability. It's not my language. I speak in tongues. <laughs> Uncontrollable storms. Storms are inevitable. You will see here, go back to Luke chapter 6. It tells us, it did not say if storm come. It says when storm come came. It's not an if, it is just a when. When? When will the storm come? He said, he is like a man who built a house and dig it deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose, when? It's a matter of time. That marriage will be tested. Your financial empire will be tested. Your career, you will have a career challenge. If you build on something solid, it will last, it will survive. But if there's no good foundation, there may be very little that we may speak about that career in a few years down the line. The rain descended, the wind blew, the flood rose and beat on the house that was built. Storms are unavoidable. They will come to test whatever is built. It's important how we build. Storms are unpredictable and are uncontrollable. Wind, flood, rain cannot be easily controlled. You can't control what will happen in a marriage. You could get married and never have children for 12 years. I know couples who got married and never had children for 15 years. But you know one thing? Every five years, they kept renewing of vows. Now, because the foundation was solid. The man said, I do again. I will, not, I will not say I'm done. I will not be looking for a way out. No. The foundation was solid. By the 15th year, they had their first child. They had another child. They had about three or four children. And what made the marriage survive? Childlessness. Barrenness is a terrible challenge in any relationship. Someone was telling me recently that they were going to opt out of ministry. I said, why well, are you called really to start with? The calling, the gift and the calling of God are what? Without repentance. Romans eleven twenty nine. the gift and the calling of God. If you are really called and you are really gifted by God to do what you are doing, you have a good foundation. No matter what happens, you will continue and persist and persevere because there's a good foundation. Number four, is it number four now? Number four. The fourth reason why you need a good foundation is because it's an important condition that guarantees that what we build will last. We need not just to build to survive the storm, but to endure and last. Buildings are built to endure 
I've traveled all over the world. I remember when I went to Switzerland and I went to Geneva. And I saw the financial headquarters of the, the whole big, big banks. I saw big, big structures. And one man told me, he said, you see each of those structures? I said, what? He said, they are built to last for 2,000 years. He said, some of them are even built to last for 4,000 years. He said, you see the kind of stones that were used? Not some blocks that were just a little mixture of cement and plenty sand. That even if rain falls too much, you just see them there, like I've seen in some places. Big stones. And this has made those buildings to survive. So the fourth reason why we need to build is to have a good foundation. It's an important condition that guarantees that what we build will last. We need not just build to survive the storm, but we need to endure and last. That which is built needs a good foundation. Remember we are talking about how to build your life, whatever you are building. How to build it so that it can prevail because there will be storms whatever you are building there will be storms that will come to test it every man's work will be tested by fire if a man's work is tested and found survives then that person will be rewarded let me tell you this this building was a particular amount when we bought it It survives our use and we want to resell we'll get make gain it will have appreciated in value this is because it's strongly built if we look for a building that was not solid and we bought that building it will appreciate in value when the people come to test it they will know that it does not have integrity a building that does not have integrity is a building that cannot survive the test of adverse situation and circumstances Number five, the, third, the fifth reason why we need a good foundation is to avoid the inescapable consequences of building without a foundation. What is the consequence of building without a foundation? It is losing everything. In a mind that you contract that has no foundation, the inevitable consequences at the end is that you will lose everything. You lose everything. I do not pity those who said, I got married and I lost everything. Well, you wouldn't have lost everything if you had foundation for what you built. You wouldn't have lost everything. Everything wouldn't have disappeared if you had foundation. So if you are going to marry, you must have foundation for marriage. You are going to build a financial empire. You must have foundation. I have known people who became broke. I know a man in Nigeria who was a billionaire who eventually, because he became broke, because his financial empire had no foundation, became a pastor somewhere here in the U.S. I won't tell you the state. But adventure, they may be your relative. He became a pastor here. He died, I think, two years ago here. I know him, not that him. He bought a bank. I know him, I know his son. And I know the bank they bought. But the financial empire had no root. He lost everything. He almost lost his mind. 
I visited a very rich man in Nigeria so many years ago. And you know, this man is one of those rich guys from Kwara State. He's got a lot of means and a lot of resources. And the man said to me, say, when I came to Lagos for the first time as a trader from Kwara, I came with 24 pounds. That was the amount of money he brought. The man said, in my lifetime, 15 of the industries that I opened have collapsed. How did they collapse? He put his children, women and men, to oversee them. He did not use the right quality hands. And the whole thing collapsed. He was telling me, he said, when the last one collapsed, he was telling me this, you know, with tears in his eyes, an old man. He said, when the last one collapsed, he said, for seven days, I did not know whether I was alive or dead. That's what happened. He lost everything. He said, everything I built up like that crumbled before me. He said, because my confidence was in my own children and not in the best hands. If you are building something, put the best hand in charge. Do not sac sacrifice quality for quantity. Don't pay cheap salaries. If you are going to build something that will last. It's important for us to realize the importance of building with foundation. So, the fifth consequence, why we need to build with a good foundation is that it will help us avoid the consequences of building without a good foundation which is, we'll lose everything. Look at that woman I told you. She got married without a good foundation. She was AS, the husband was AS. It didn't match. And they had five children, and before her very eyes, four of them died, and there was nothing she could do. She would have delivered her soul from sorrow, if only she had considered that variable when she was going to marry, and not say, it was chemistry that made us marry. There are certain things that medical science have made us to know which will help us in making proper decisions. Number six, I want to share this with you. The sixth reason for building on a good foundation is because of the positive influence what we build, we have on others. If you're a pastor here and you enter into this building today, I believe you'll be inspired if your church does not have a building of its own yet. That's the positive event of marrying the right person. Those who are not married, who look at your marriage and say, wow, when I get married, this is the kind of marriage I want. But if you don't, you build without a foundation, and everybody is doing what they like in the family, people will say, ah, God, thank you for delivering me. I don't want to marry you. So good foundation is inspiring. But you see, I've discovered in life that many people build without foundation. Without foundation. Without foundation. And this is very important. Because if what we build will last for time and for eternity, we should build with foundation. Let the foundation, Esther 6.3, be well... Let the foundation be able to survive many generations. Now, because of time, I'm running up in a minute now. Why is it that people build on weak foundations? Why?
Why do people build marriage on weak foundation or no foundation at all? Why do people build ministry on weak foundation or no foundation? Why do people build a career on weak foundation or no foundation? Why do people do it? I'm going to give you about seven reasons why they do it. And then I will give you four things you need to do to have a solid foundation for whatever you want to build. Number one reason. Why is it that people build on a poor foundation? Or why is it that people build on a non-existing foundation? The Bible talks about it here. It said, but he that hear it and do it not, it's like a man that without a foundation. That's what I say. I say people have weddings without getting married. Some people are called, other people volunteer. You know when you volunteer to do something, you can change your mind. At any point in time. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. But what you discover about people is that they build without foundation. Some people have a career that has no foundation. Some people have a business that has no foundation. Many, many banks have died in Nigeria. And I happen to know even some of the people who own these banks. And most of the time, no foundation. They have the superstructure on top, but nothing to bear it, nothing to support it, nothing to hold it. Why do people build on a poor foundation? Number one, people build on a poor foundation to save time or because they are in a hurry. To save time or because they are in a hurry. They build on superficial grounds that can't bear up what they build because of haste. Because of haste. The word of God tells us not to be in a hurry. He that believeth shall not make haste. Whether it's marriage, don't make haste. Don't walk to the altar too quickly. Without being sure of what the foundation carries. Don't be in a hurry. People build on the poor foundation because they want to save time. Say, I'm old. Please, let's get married quickly. I'm old. Life is not measured in terms of how fast you do it, but in terms of how long you survive it. Number two reason why people build on a faulty foundation because they are not willing to make sacrifices required to dig deep. They don't want to make sacrifices to dig deep. They don't want to make sacrifices. I told you yesterday. Sacrifice means to look away from something because of another thing. Hebrews 13, 16, to do good and to communicate, forget not for such sacrifice. That's why people build on a faulty foundation. Get rich quickly formula. Not knowing that money, according to Proverbs 23, 5, has capacity to develop wings and fly away. Wealth gotten by vanity diminishes. Proverbs 13, 11. He that gathered by labor increases. There are four ways you can get anything. Number one, you can work for it. Number two, it can be given to you. Number three, you can inherit it. Number four, you can steal it. Those are the four ways. 
something may be difficult for you to manage. I always tell people this. If you don't have foundation in your life, even if you inherit the ministry, you will scatter the sheep. I've seen pastors inherit a church of 100 people and in no time they reduce it to 20. They said, why? said, the devil. <clears throat> a woman came to me, was talking to me about the devil, what the devil did. And I heard the devil loud and clear say, I don't know about what she's talking about. I'm not involved. I'm not responsible for what she's talking about. But some people don't want to make the sacrifice. You don't want to dig deep. If you are going to build on a rock, you are going to have to dig. Some people don't know how to start a good work. They believe in breakaway. They serve in the ministry, and while they are there, they are behaving like vipers. They are very corny. He that gathered by labor increases. Wealth gotten by vanity diminishes. Number three, reason why people build without foundation. People build on a poor foundation because of laziness. They are lazy. At the foundation level, that is where you show your commitment to work hard. Labor not for the meat that perish, but for the meat that endure to everlasting life. Let him work with his hands. The things that are good that he may have to give. One thing is, I love people who work hard. God tells us in Deuteronomy 14, 29, Number 23, say, God will bless the works of your hand. If you did not work well, the blessing of God can only reproduce according to the work you've done. If what your labor produces 10 and God multiplies it, it probably will be 120, that's all. But if your labor is 1,200, if God multiplies it, you know what the figure will be. People build on the poor furniture because of laziness laziness I was telling one pastor I said the Bible does not tell us that fishes will leave the water and come and jump into a pot of soup I says God says go he didn't say wait for them to come go after them to the highway and the hedges compel them to come in number four why is it that people build on the poor foundation because they are joining their friends who have already settled in a sandy area. Peer pressure is there. They follow others instead of following the Lord. That's why people build on it. Ah, she got married last week. Oh, make sure I'll get married though. Your life clock are not wound the same way. They are not pursuing the same agenda. Your lives are different. Number five, people build on a poor foundation because of ignorance. Many people do not know about the reality of the coming violent storms. I remember the couple who came into my office and I asked them, did you go for counseling before the wedding? They said, oh no. Say we love each other too much. I said, hey. Three years down the line. I saw the man, I said, where's your wife? So she packed out. Ah, don't you love each other again? 
wrong. You see, people just assume. You know, people don't know that life can be stormy. Having children can be stormy. The climate out there in business world can be stormy. Politics can be stormy. No matter what you involve in, the rogue wind will blow. The storm will hit it. But some people are ignorant. They don't know the reality. Love is blind. Lord is blind. Oh, marriage will open your eyes. And we have chemistry. We have biology. <laughs> when you pass through the waters, it shall not drown you. When you pass through the fire, it shall not burn you. You are going to have to pass through the fire. You are not going to pass through the waters. It is one of those things that will happen in life. I always tell people, it's one of those things that will happen in life. You will be betrayed. You will be offended. The Bible says it. Matthew 24 verse 10. says, in the last days, many shall offend each other. Many shall betray each other. Many shall hate each other. A man's enemies shall be those of your household. The closest of people will betray you. The closest of people who know your way of life are the very people who are going to give people ammunitions with whom they will attack you. Recently, I, was see, I saw one video, is it an audio tape, where a former assistant to a, a president released a recording, audio recording, of a discussion he had with that president, um, vice presidential person, while he was serving under the president. You need foundation. Because it will shake everything you have ever held dear to shake you to the root in our ministry in one day nine of our senior pastors left if i did not know my call i would have thought that my ship was sinking that's why they dropped out someone came to me and said sir have you prayed about this your call i said listen i have a good foundation i i, I know god has called me and I know what I did was the right thing to do. Everything we build will be tested with fire. Your career, it will come to a point where you probably don't get any opening anymore. If you begin to second guess yourself at that point, it's too late. You must have foundation. You must stay in school. You must be trading, retraining, trading. You must keep growing. Number five or number six. People build without a good foundation because of wrong assumptions. That disaster cannot happen to them. You know, we have this idea. It can't happen to me until it happens. It can't happen to my marriage. My marriage, mm -hmm. I love my husband though. I've had. The self-same affliction is accomplished in the brethren all over the world. There is no temptation that is taking him as soon as it's common. Wrong assumption. What, what do you think makes you special? Listen, there are no special people as far as God is concerned. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them both. All of us are special enough to God. You are a peculiar person. A holy, he said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. One of my sons, who was doing so well in ministry, had his church building repossessed. 
What they told me, it was like film. It was like film. Because I know the work. I've been there. I've seen their books. Never will anybody have expected that that could happen to them. Listen, he that thinketh, he standeth. First Corinthians 10 12, take it less he fall. If you are going to build, have foundation. I was telling one pastor, I said, you cannot depend on whether your people give or don't give before you do a project. I said, you must have faith to produce results despite, in spite, regardless of what, who stays and who goes. Because some people will say, we are pillars in this church. If you put your confidence in man, the arm of flesh will fail you. The arm of flesh will fail you. In one single day, my vice president, my director of administration, the chair of my digging board left our church. They were the financial pillars. Most of us, we are, most of the people, we are ordinary students. But you see, before I started, I had faith to finish it. Someone said, now that they have gone, will we be able to pay our bills? I said, we'll pay it and have excess. Why? By faith, I started spending faith as currency. Stop spending money. Begin to spend faith. Nothing will happen. Who told you that? Husband change, wife change. Business climate change. No matter the business you are doing, business climate change. Some companies years ago that were on the front line of making big money are no longer relevant. Kodak. Who remember Kodak? Now with a phone, you can do what most cameras do. So Kodak camera or Polaroid, they have since died. But people assume, ah, it should happen. I always tell people this. If your eye is towards people, they will disappoint you. Isaiah 45, 22. He said, look unto me on your earth, for I am God and there is none beside me. Isaiah 17, 7 said, In that day shall everyone look to his, to, 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 to his maker, and his eyes shall have respect to the Holy One of Jacob. Psalm 34, 5. He said, We looked up to him, were lightened. Our countenances were not ashamed. When those rich people in our church, when they left, I remember some young concerned people came and said, Sir, I want to have a meeting with you. They said, How are you going to be able to pay the bills? I said, That's already been paid by God. They said, how did he pay it? I said, he called me. I said, except the Lord have not called me. That's when this thing will suffer. I didn't break any ministry to start my own. I have a conscience that is void of first towards man and God. I have the good founded ministry. On solid ground, I'm going to share with you four things you need to do for you to have a good foundation. Whether it is marriage or business or career or ministry, they must be well founded forever no lord your word is settled in heaven why is it that people build on faulty grounds people build on faulty grounds because they are thoughtless they are careless you careless you can be careless with your finances it's not the amount of money that goes through a person that matters. It is how much of it you know how to use. Some people are rich today, not because they have so much that you have, but they are prudent managers of resources. I was telling the young people around me in the early days of ministry that they will not eat until 
the people who invite are finished eating. And so when the people who invite are finished eating, the crumb that was left, I say, we have to begin to eat. They say, why? I say, look at the Bible. After Jesus did miracle of five loaves and two fishes, the Bible says the crumbs, they picked it, and there were 12 baskets, and he gave each basket to the 12 apostles and said, go over to the other side. Before you get there, you finish eating it. And as you were going, there was a storm. Why would that not be a storm if 12 people eat a basket each? Nothing wastes. I tell people, I, I'm so prudent to a point that I make sure nothing wastes. You see, if you are the kind of person who is a waster, when you lack and call God, He won't show up. Because you are a waster of resources. That's why even Judas, who was a thief, he said, why is this waste allowed? When the woman came and bowed an alabaster box of ointment and was massaging the feet of Jesus. Let's get this in perspective. People build on wrong foundation because they are just thoughtless about life. You are just careless. You are just flippant. I asked one sister, when the husband started smoking and drinking, the man was smoking ganja. You know ganja? Igbo. The man, they went for honeymoon. And the man brought ganja out. An assistant pastor in the church. Hi. And I asked her, I said, ah. She came and she was crying. She was hitting herself on the floor. I said, what happened? She said, my husband drinks Igbo. Smokes Igbo. And drinks Ogogoro. I said, ah. I said, but didn't you notice? She said, ah. I just felt that I saw him in church. Ah. Look at your neighbor and say, you are one of those I've seen in church. But I will examine you closely. The church is like a hospital. Various people with various problems come there. Because you met someone in the church, does not mean that person is okay. Some people have psychiatric problems. Oh, there was a pastor in our ministry. A pastor. He invited a member of the church to his house. I said, you see, uh, the Lord has given me a burden to minister to you. A pastor ordained. She said, I'm going to minister to you. Say, but you see, you are going to have to see me in my study. So this girl came and said, Oh, man of God. And so while this girl was there, the man was praying. The man had removed his trousers. He had started wearing condoms. Pastor of a church. Rema Chapu. Rema Chapu. Did you do deliverance for him before then? Yes. Did you pray for him? Yes. But he had gone rogue. So I asked that lady, I said, you didn't know, you didn't have an inkling. Say, eh. I, didn't, I didn't turn towards you. I said, ah, look at your neighbor and say, I will look at you closely. So that when you go rogue, <laughs> we see it. Some people are not thoughtful. You see, you just say, let's get the building. One of my sons wanted to buy a church in England. And I told him, I said, Pray about this church. Because you see, he saw that it was cheap. And he kept to say, Daddy, it's so cheap. Who I said, Pray about it. And God showed him a very simple vision. God showed him a place where there was a door, two-leaf door, single leaf door, but he was trying to get into the building through a window that had barricade on it. So he was squeezing into it. I told him, I said, That building, something is wrong with it. So he dropped out. So I was like, Pastor, why did you do that? 
He said, I know what I'm doing. Eventually, someone else bought that building. The amount of money they paid to remove mold and some other things that were in the wall was twice the money they paid for the building. You need to have a presence of mind. That's why at times I go with pastors to the building they want to buy. I walk through that place and I see my spirit. You know, your spirit is like an antenna. I move it. I came here before this building was bought. I walked through the place. Walked through everywhere. Ask questions. What is there on the wall? Radiator. Why is that ceiling like that? Why is that window like that? In fact, some of them, I didn't even see it eventually. But you see, you must have presence of mind. You see, the point is this. If you are going to build what is going to last, watch your, your is it fiancé or girlfriend or boyfriend very closely. Watch their habits. Watch their language. Because once the door shut on your soul, may the Lord help your soul. So let me round up now by giving us four things. People build on wrong foundation because of thoughtlessness. I can go on and on and on and on and on. But let me now say this. Another reason, let me just give you this. I think I should give you this. I did give you the people build on wrong foundation because of short sightedness. Short sightedness. You don't see far. But God gives you eyes to see far. Isaiah 33 verse 17 says, Your eyes shall see the king in his beauty, and your eyes shall behold the land afar off. God's word compares us to eagle. You know, the eagle is the only bird of all other birds that see both near and far properly. The way the eye of the eagle is, one side is a little bit up, the other side is a little bit low. So with the one that is low, the eagle can see what is near. With the one that is up, the eagle sees what is far. So you as a child of God need to have long sight and short sight. And depending on what the devil is waiting for you with, you know what adjustments to make. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, so, as Christ's disciples, we need to build on solid rock. If you are going to build anything, these are the four things. And you will see them in Luke chapter 6. You see them in Luke chapter 6. In this scripture that we read, Jesus described what we need to possess if you are going to build whatever on a solid rock. If you are going to build something on a solid rock, let me tell you this. These four are primary things. Number one, as a human being, you are going to, if you are going to build it, the first thing is that you must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I will explain that in a minute. The scripture says here in verse 46, and why call ye me Lord Lord. Now listen. If Jesus is your Savior and is not your Lord, it's a different thing. 
What does Lord mean? It means he has final authority in that area of your life. You crown him. So the first thing for you to have a solid foundation, Jesus must be the Lord of your life. Not only must you have a relationship with Jesus, but your relationship must be in good standing. You must have a current relationship. You must be a good Christian. You must be someone. You say, you call me Lord. Lord means there is no other person sharing that position with him. Is he Lord over your finances? Then you don't do anything without telling him. Is he Lord over your marriage? Yes. You don't make your choice without telling him. Psalm 47 verse 4. He will choose our inheritance for us. There's no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. Romans chapter 10 verse 7 and 9. For the same Lord over all is not to all that call upon him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. The point is he must be Lord. You see, Jesus is Lord over wherever I stay. I can stay anywhere in the world now. But where I'm staying is in absolute and total submission to God. That's a good foundation. I stayed in the Lord since 1973. Right until when I left in the year 2020. I've never stayed out of Ilori for an hour, a year. But when I turned 60, the Lord told me, he said, you have obeyed me. You cannot go ahead and do this final leg of your ministry. Focus on taking the word of God to the nations. Period. So, he has proven it when he said that. The good foundation is, is he Lord over that area? Does he have final authority over that area? The Bible says it the way that I like. You see, Lord, look at Deuteronomy 13, 19. God says, I call heaven and earth to reckon this day against you. I've said before you life and, and life and death, blessing and cursing. Then he says what? Choose life. I don't do anything except Jesus becomes Lord over it. To get married, I have to I, I had to yield that area. You know, there are some areas of my life where I'm not yielded to God. He's not Lord. Now, let me say this to you. If he's not Lord over that area, anything you build in that area will crumble. Because he's not Lord. God has the final say. Jehovah has the final say. God has the final say. Jehovah has let me tell you this when our ministry was going to start you may not know where Lord is or what I'm saying but our fellowship was on one end of the of the of the town fellowship where we are holding our fellowship was on one end of the town now we are thinking of where to put our to relocate and rent a building the building where we had there, someone gave it to us, so it was free, so we used it. But when the time came for us to start the ministry, I saw the face of God. And God says, go to the extreme, the other extreme 
we lost immediately three quarters of our people. Three quarters. But you know, when we located that place, the things that eyes can see and ears can hear, we don't understand. Because when we located that place, that place was the end. Taxis don't go as far as where we located to. Buses don't go as far as where we are located to. But God said, that's where I want you. He's Lord. I told the people, I said, listen, if you don't want to relocate with me, it's fine. But I'm relocating. Because this ministry was founded by God and he's, the, he's Lord. We don't say something with our mouth that we have not actually effected. You see a lot of your finances. I went to a church. I had a million naira in my account. And they were taking offering. In the, not of the million. Actually 996,000 naira. And God said, I want you to give them a million. I said, I don't have it. He said, yes, I know. You are going to add 4,000 to what you have. And then a million. Now, listen to me. I have made him a lot of our finances. That is how to build, to have a strong foundation. Let him be the Lord. Let him be the Lord. We sing the song, he is Lord. He is Lord. Amen. Lord means final authority. Whether it's good or whether it's evil, we have to obey what God says. He's Lord. It should be Lord over your career for you to have a good financial, I mean, a career that is built on something strong. When we moved, half of the people, three quarters left. And then the young man came around me and said, Daddy, you shouldn't have allowed us to move. I said, but God, whose work is he said we should move? And that's the place he has for us. Now, when we moved to that place, it was a Muslim woman who owned the primary school. Now, we were there for one year. Then the Muslim woman came and said they were persecuting her, that we needed to leave. So I told the Lord. By then, a man had come who had joined us, who had his own building across the school. So we moved from that place across. And we were there for two years. Then the wife of the man was making all kind of problem. I will need to move again. Then opposite on the other side of the road was a place that was used by Amti. Amti was a, 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 a something a agricultural a research management training institute. And the daughter of the owner of the building happened to be a student of one of our ministers. So he came and told our minister and said, my father wants to sell that building. Can you people buy it? And we said, why not? There was no shishio. In one day, one night, one service, a man known as Philip Mukunga, who used to be in Mina, came and raised 1 million, 100 naira, I mean 100,000, which was the price. We bought that place. The man said, come and do the paper exchange because I'm a sick person. I'm a Muslim. The, the man used to be the chairman of Union Bank Nigeria. He was a Muslim. It was the daughter of that man who was a student of one of our ministers who made arrangement for us to buy the building. We bought the building. We paid the 1 million naira, 100,000 
Two weeks after we did the change of paper, the man died. And that is where our headquarter is now. Did the Lord tell us to move from that place or not? Yes. I was telling them then. I told the young man, I said, but I told you that God said, if I had moved based on tradition or based on popular opinion or based on our feelings or based on our emotions or based on the advice quote unquote of the experts will have been left high and dry when we move to that place you know what happened let me not tell you the strange part of it in that area when we moved there a piece of land was selling for 1500 naira and god gave us 69 hectares each plot of that land that sold for 1500 today is 2.5 million so imagine 2.5 million times before people woke up we are taking over the place we have we have a big camp there now what i'm saying is this he said you have to sell if he's lord over that area then you're about to make something solid. Is it lord over your marriage? Are you marrying the person God says you should marry? Is it lord over your your uh, your career? What you are into? Is it the one who said you should do it? Romans 3 4. Let God be true. And let everybody be a liar. That may be justified in your saying and may overcome when you are examined. He must be Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. Amen. He has risen from the dead. He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every that is why when at a point in time some people say they are going to come and dis- demolish our church, I said nobody born of a woman can touch that church. It's still there today. That is how to create a solid foundation where you know that you know that you know that He's Lord over that area. When God told me to stay in the learning, in the natural, I didn't understand it. But when I look at hindsight, I can understand. I told God, I said, you own me. Wherever you want me to be, I will be. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. And when I made him Lord over my life, I laid a good foundation. From the loins of the ministry, so many people have come out. Even Pastor Emmanuel is a beneficiary. Because it was in that place where God said we should move to that I preached the message, men of like passion. His father bought it. His own father bought it, but he didn't use it. He kept it somewhere. So he was looking through the house. He saw that message. He listened to it and he caught fire. And the fire is still burning. If you see him saying, that was where the fire came from. If I've been a blessing to anybody, because he's Lord. God is Lord. I don't go to places because I'm invited. I check out God. Are you there? Because God said you go to the place I command you and the word I give you, you'll speak. So if God is not sending me to a place, why is it where I know is that he does not give me a word? And I will not go there and represent myself. Because he says it in John 55, without me you can do nothing. So the first block on a solid foundation that Jesus must be Lord, not just over your life, but Lord over that area of your life. In that way, 
you lay good foundation. When I was going to get married, you know, I was not one of those people who know how to toast. I didn't get a degree in toasting. I spoke to my wife under 10 seconds. When God showed me that's your wife, I just went to her and said, Good afternoon. So, yes. I said, The Lord told me that you are my wife. Go and pray about it. And whatever he says, let me know. Thank you. She was still waiting for me to be telling lies. I had gone. Now, talking about storm. Now, when storm came, I said, God, you know, I didn't go there because I. I said, because in those days, women who are a little bit fair, we think they have demons. But we have since discovered that the black ones have it too. I made him Lord. If I'm going to invest, God has to clear it for me. If I'm going to travel, God will have to go ahead of me. Moses told God, he said, if your presence will not go with me, I'm not going to go. That is the lordship of Jesus Christ. How many things you are doing is God aware of? One member of our church, he was, he didn't score so high in jam. So they gave him a course to read in university. But when he got to the university, you know, in the general class, he did so well. So he changed the course. When he got to final year, he failed two crucial subjects. We went to God. We said, God, help your son. God says, I'm not even aware he's doing the course. Say the course I'm aware he's doing was the one he was admitted for. But the one he changed to, I didn't care him for it. And so I cannot defend him. That boy eventually, till today, did not graduate in the university. So the first way to lay a good foundation is he must be Lord, not only of your life, but of that sweet area. He must be the chief executive of your company. Don't try to expand when he did not tell you to do so. Or else you'll pay the bills. Don't try to enlarge and do things because it's in the power of your hand to do. Because you know you can't keep it. When this church bought this building, they did not have as much as God has blessed them with. But God has been able to help them to keep up with the payment because he's the Lord of the ministry. He's the Lord over the man's life. He's the Lord over whatever the man does. And that is where we are, where we are today. Number two. The second thing to lay in a good foundation, look at what it says. You see the second variable there? It said, beyond calling him Lord, we need to come to him. Look at, still point at verse 47. It said, let it from verse 46. And why call me ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me. That's the second thing. Relationship with God is not the only thing. Fellowship with God cometh to me. That's fellowship. Fellowship strengthens relationship. If you want to lay a good foundation, it's not just Lord. But you come to him. Whosoever cometh. He didn't say come or came. Cometh. Consistent. Cometh to me. The Bible says, whosoever come to me, I will no longer cast out. Cometh to me. It's the second stage of building 
building that is beyond having a relationship it is fellowshipping with him is very important that's the second thing don't just have a relationship with him have fellow that's how to build a solid foundation after i made jesus lord over my marriage over my ministry i kept my fellowship with god persistently first corinthians 1 9 paul say god is faithful by whom we have been called to the fellowship of his son first john 1 3 he said come and have fellowship with us our fellowship is with the father and with the son jesus christ fellowship is what people in a relationship have that strengthens their relationship first john 1 6 if a man walk in the light as in the light as he is in the light we are fellowship one with another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanseth us the apostles continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine in fellowship one with another and in breaking of bread from house to house you want to lay good foundation this is how to lay it for your ministry for your marriage i always tell people if both of you are marrying you are in a relationship for towards marriage you must have a time of fellowship not just on your own on your own with each other but also with the lord that how to have a solid foundation some women are saying and my husband and i are not praying now why do you expect him to pray now when he did not pray then he can never develop the capacity to pray now when he never prayed then in those days i will live in lorry my wife and i had a day of fasting once every two weeks i will live in lorry i go to university of Ibadan. And under the tree, we'll have fellowship of one hour. And I'll cross the road, enter another ta- taxi, back to Ilori. That was necessary. That's how to lay a good foundation against the time to come. Laying up for yourself a good foundation against the time to come. The family that prays together, we are told, stays together. You want to lay a good foundation? Don't just make him Lord, but consistent fellowship. Kept up fellowship. Iron sharpened iron. You keep it on. That's how to lay a good foundation. Whether it is calling or marriage or finance, you must, you must have a time when you go to the Lord. You speak to the Lord. You listen to the Lord. That is how to lay a good foundation. That is how you speak to God about whatever the issues you have. And God is able to address the issues by speaking to you as well. Laying up for yourself a good foundation against the time. You see, so when storms come, storms will meet you prayed up. In my almost 40 years of marriage, I've had all kinds of storm. All kinds of storm. The death of my mother-in-law the death of my brother-in-law, the death of my sister-in-law, all kinds of stuff you can think. The sickness of my mother, that almost, she almost died. But in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Through what? We have a solid foundation. The foundation, he said the rain will fall, the wind will blow, the flood will rise, but we stand sure. Why? There is strength beneath the foundation was built on relationship and then what? Fellowship. Whosoever cometh, that's the second stage. 
The first stage is you call him Lord. The second stage is you come to him all the time. You don't only really have to go to God in prayer when you have to preach. There's a communion of the spirit that is very necessary. You have to keep that. Endeavoring to maintain the unity of the spirit. In the bond of peace. That's a solid foundation. That's what makes the foundation solid. In your place of work. It's not that you only pray when there's a problem. Prayer should be part of what you do daily. It's part of what you do daily. Consistently. Persistently. In season. Out of season. I remember. My three children. I've had various kind of health crises. Health crises. My first child. When he was 16. He had a problem with his pituitary gland. Whatever it was, he was having this persistent headache. And we went to all the hospitals. And they said, we are going to operate on her. I said, no, you can't. Don't worry about that one. It's still 16-year-old head. Don't worry. We brought the boy home. We sat him on the chair. My wife and I, we held our hands. Now we said, God, you give us this child. And your blessing make rich. I had no sorrow. None of our children have ever slept in the hospital. Lord, hear us from heaven because even before we get give back to these children before we go into action we kneel down and say god we want to do some exercises and you know the bible says i can only give you all your ways and it will direct your path we have never tried to have a baby and it don't come it's not possible before we start we pray i told god i said you remember the day that i was after the marriage, we went to the moon to eat the honey. I said, remember, I told you that day. And you are the one who told me that my first child will not be a girl, it will be a boy. This is the boy. After taking him to all the hospitals, the headache for almost five years. But we held on to God. The whole thing dissolved. My last born, faithfulness. One day he woke up and his eyelid, this eyelid there, just shot on his own. So you got this. We took him to all the professors in Nigeria. We now went to the last professor. That one had a glass on his nose like this. He said, um, that must be the way he was born. I said, listen, sir. If you don't know what is happening, please let me know. That was not the way he was born. He said, we should go and bring pictures. We went home, we brought pictures. You see now, nothing is wrong. Then we called the boy. My wife and I. You see, the point is that we kept coming. We have always kept coming. Our fellowship is persistent, consistent, kept up to date. I told God, I said, you remember? The first boy is a boy. He looked like my wife. Why is a boy with a woman's face? And then the girl you promised me the first time when you moved my schedule, the girl is now faithful. She's there. I said, but I asked you for a boy who looks like me. And you gave me this boy. So look at how he looks. Because the boy's name is George Olawale Adewe. That's his name. But it's Mr. Not Reverend. So that's why <laughs> if you hear the names you may not know. Now what I'm saying is this. We told God that day and I told God I said listen. Even the best of the best of the doctors says. The man agreed eventually said. I don't know what is happening. I said hey, that's what you have said. Instead of saying you should go and bring preachers. So we brought. Eventually my wife and I we held out. You see the point is that if two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything it shall be done 
We kept going back to God. We kept going back to God. You see, the point is that it's not just that he's Lord over that area, but he's also someone we come to. He that cometh unto me. We prayed for him, and I told him that day, I said, listen, as far as we are concerned, your eyelid is up back into the place where it belongs. I said, do you believe that? He said, I believe you, daddy. So he for- we forgot about it. We just decided, I said, let's forget it. It's thing in the back. So one day, about two weeks later, he just shouted, Daddy! Daddy! And then the devil said, the other one have dropped. Too. The other eyelid have dropped. So the boy said, ah, ah. Sincerely, I did not see. I said, ah, ah. I said, what? Say my eyelid, it was up on his own. He just woke up that morning, was brushing, and then he looked at the mirror. And something told him, you should not be looking at the mirror. He saw his eyelid had got up overnight. That is a way to lay a good foundation. You keep going back to God. Father, we thank you for this building. We thank you for our lives together in marriage. I thank you for the career. I thank you for the business you've given me. I appreciate it. You keep going to God. He that cometh, that's how to lay the foundation. The third block is there in that verse. The third thing you need to do to lay a good foundation is the third ingredient we need in building on the solid rock is to hear his word. The purpose of God is to build his principle, the principle of God's word into your life. Look at what he says. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, heareth present continuous. My sayings, present continuous. The word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Order my steps in your word. Let no iniquity have dominion. He said, if you are the person who call on him, who come to him, and who hear his word, that is how to have a good foundation. Have a good foundation. Good foundation. Let me tell you something strange that happened. I told you we built a church across the road from the place where we were for one year. But you notice, when we got there, our attendance was 180, 200, 202. 190, 175. Ah-ah. 210, 165. Ah! That barrier became very difficult to break. I told God, I said, you need to tell me something. Because I don't understand why we are on the same spot. That is how to lay a good foundation. I made him Lord over my ministry, over my calling. He's one who decides what we do, when we do it, how we do it. I also keep coming to him about the work that he has committed into my hands. But more than that, I also make sure that I listen. Isaiah 30, 21 said, Thou shalt hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. walk in it this is the direction go ahead with it you must hear that is one way to have a good foundation you can always quote him that's why it says thus saith the lord isaiah 55 11 so shall my word be that proceeded to my mouth it shall not return to me void. before this building was bought i asked pastor and i said are you sure god is asking you to go ahead with this because god does not pay bills 
for the food he did not order. And God, whatever yoke God puts on you, he, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I thank God for Dr. K here. I remember the time he took me to one place, Seamark or something. I mean, it was a good place. But I told him, that, I, said, mm. I said, this is not the place I see. This place is small. Now, at times some people get angry. Huh? When we thought we have got into arrest, you are not saying, this place is small. The day he took me to the apostolic place, how many minutes did it take me to agree with you? Like this. The point is, when I just saw it, I just felt cooler. Look at your neighbor and say, cooler. When I entered this place, I didn't know whether he had the money or not. But I told him, I said, yes. We entered to that small cubicle there. We are the children's church or whatever is there now. I saw him, I said, is this the church? He said, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> then he brought me here. We walked through the pro place. Walked through. And I said, well, this is it. For this level where you are, this is a good place. Yesterday, you know, I was challenging some of you who are here. The next year, we want the chance not to stop where you have put it. We want the chance to reach the world there. You reduce this middle, this highway. Reduce it so that you can add one more chair to the back. Chair to the back. And then we we'll serve two services. Can we do that? Will we do that? Here. You see, the point is that many people don't develop. You see, when you are going to deal with God, day unto day, He will have to be giving you daily your daily bread. And that is how to lay a good foundation. If you don't cure yourself of deafness, you won't go far. You will see this scripture in the book of Exodus. Exodus 6, 1, 7, 1, 8, 1, 9, 1, 10, 1, 11, 1, 12, 1, 13, 1. He said, and the Lord spoke unto Moses. 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 That is how God ordered our steps. Develop your hearing. Don't just make him Lord over that area. But also, go to him on behalf of what you are doing. But beyond that, hear. God has something to say. God has something to say. Let me tell you, this message that God has given me to share with you today, if you take it seriously, it will change your life history. Completely. Not just your life, but your generation. God will not do a thing without saying it first. That is one attitude of God. Before he does it, what does he do? He says it first. Isaiah 42, 9. He said, Behold, the former things have come to pass. New things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Remember the things of old that are constant, the things that are past. Behold, I do a new work. Then he also said, He said, Before they happen, verse 19, I tell you. God always said things before it happens so that he can do what he has said. He does what he says. Foundation. Look at your neighbor and say, I told you this story somewhere recently. One of our members happened to be a businessman. He just came back from Dubai. He bought so many things. And he was counting the money of what he has sold. And God said to him, take that money and put it under the chair that you are sitting on. Just put it there. Take that money now that you are counting. Put it under the chair. And he packed the money, put it under the chair. 
That's how to have a solid business. He put under the chair. He had not done that for more than three minutes when armed robbers came through the door. Bow, bow, bow. Where is the money? Where is the money? So the man stood up. The chief of the armed robbers sat on the chair where the money was under. And they started looking for the money in the whole place. They said, we saw you in the market. We saw what you made. He said, ah, no, there's no money. The arm, chief of the arm robber, they tore the, the seats, they tore their mattresses, they upturned their wardrobes. The man who was directing the affair was sitting on the chair where the money was under. That is God for you. Now, when he was going for this business, we prayed. When he came back, he brought the merchandise, we prayed. We kept coming to God. When the devil came to steal it, God ensured it. Listen to him. Listen to him. After I started with my wife, the devil came. You know, there's always a second word after the first word. In the beginning, the first word is God, the second word is the devil. So the second word said to me, he showed me one of our sisters who was from my town, from a rich background. And he said, why don't you consider this instead of this girl you are marrying who, who is behaving strangely? Why don't you consider this one? And then, you know, logic. And then tradition, we're from Ofa. I know the parents. I know the family. I know the, the other siblings. It was working. But I snapped back and said, no. Jesus, you are Lord. I don't know how to choose. He that fear the Lord. In shall God teach in what way to choose. Psalm 25 verse 12. He shall fear the Lord. I said, God, I don't know how to choose. And God said, that is not your wife. I have given you your wife. He said, that one is another person's wife. That girl, good Christian sister, got married to one of the good brothers. Three years into the wedding, she died. What was God protecting me from? From being a widower very early in my life. How do you build a good foundation? Make sure he's Lord over everything. He's Lord over everything. And then, go to God consistently. Fellowship. Endeavoring to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And then, make sure you hear. And then the last one is there. You can almost say it to me. Look at the last one. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, heareth my... Look at those four things. Call me, Lord. Come to me. Hear it, my sayings. And do with them. The Bible says, I will show you to whom he is like. Look at that. I will show you who he is like. Who is he like? He is like a man. We build a house and dig deep and lay the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat firmly upon that house. I could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. That is good foundation. You know what I'm going to do today? We'll do it before I step out. And then we'll do the dedication. Listen to me very carefully. This is what the Lord said to do. There are some of us. You have taken a step. In a particular direction. 
and you are beginning to wonder it doesn't look like it it's like watching your feet with your socks on you feel like ah, I think I made a mistake here I always tell people it's never too late to turn back if I'm traveling to Atlanta like a Dr. K did with the family this month last month and I discovered that the road I'm taking is taking me to Miami will I keep going and get to Miami Atlanta? no, what do I do? I'm telling you I know what I'm talking about that area of your life is not Lord you have not been talking to him about it you are not hearing him ordering your steps then you are not in that direction that is proper you know what I'm going to ask you to do today? turn there's something called repent in the Bible. Repent means to change your mind in Hebrew. Repent means to change your direction in Greek. Old Testament is change of mind that leads to a change of direction. It's both of them together that makes up what is called repentance. You know what I'm going to tell you today? You're going to turn around when the time comes. I'm going to tell you and you're going to come and stand here and you're going to ask God I'm sorry the road has been hard not because it's intended to be hard but because you've gone out without express clearance and you can't keep doing the wrong thing and expect positive results out of it and that is where the tone is very important in returning and rest shall you be saved and quietness and confidence shall be your strength come out from the wrong thing shake it off and do the right thing it could be something that will cost you but you know it's better to cost you things than cost you your life and your future and your destiny what I'm saying is what I know I know what I always tell people well you know what you are doing is not the right thing one simple way is that it's going to be more difficult than usual there's a young man here you are in a relationship but you see every time in that relationship you held on to it you are still in it but you always feel at times how many of you know when you are washing your feet and your socks is still on you know something is wrong here every time you think about it that scintillating feeling is not there but you have been urging yourself on now you are walking into a trap from which it will be almost impossible to deliver you you can always stop yourself I wanted to make a large sum of money to a project I didn't think about it like I told you why people Leon, I didn't think well about it I just felt I had the money so I threw it while the accountant went to the bank to collect the money i started feeling funny i said no so i called him and come back come back come back the man who was going to take the money from me was he said daddy no you can't change your mind i said i can't i'm not god i can repent it's god only who cannot repent but me i repented two weeks later the man was caught he was on tv this same person was caught on tv he was a church member 
and this morning you are going to make that turn we are dedicating this building now in the name of the father son and the holy spirit but we are going to do this and then we are going to step out and then we are going to cut and then we are going to come in and i'm going to pray and i think i should have done what i've done can we stand on our feet put your hand on your chest i want you to pray for yourself under your breath talk to the lord don't let the devil chance you don't let the devil deceive you don't let the devil steal you blind don't give the devil a place don't allow him more than what he has already push back push back to the place of power and strength and the, let the yoke and the chain around your waist and your leg drop that's what the lord is saying apostles step forward you're going to help me pray now listen to me bow your head everybody this is very serious this this thing is very serious because some decisions today will be the reason why you eventually make it in life it will be the reason why you get to the place where god is taking you to it will be the reason why you leave your purpose if you don't make the right decision today it may have come too late you may have nothing to dedicate he said whosoever sent to me lord lord and come to me and hear of my saying and do what i say let me show you who is like unto is like unto a man that built a house and has foundation that's how foundations are built talk to the lord if you are a couple and you need to talk about it talk about it now and yield it to god drop it on his lap let him help us this is the turning point this is the change of buttons this is an opportunity this is an open door don't shut it in your face don't allow your personal idiosyncrasies shut it in your face when mistakes have been made corrections can be made whoever told you that corrections cannot be made precious lord i want to thank you to this morning into this afternoon for the word you have sent thank you because it's a redemptive word it's a life transforming word it's a word that put people right side up where they belong there's a woman here i see you talking with a man you are not a young woman but i see you talking with a man every time you are with a man you don't have a second opinion but when you are away from the man you feel like you've made a mistake and you have been holding on to it and you've been keeping it going you have been putting up appearance today is the day to have a clean break you must have a clean break don't hang on to what god is not in don't pierce your soul through with many sorrows don't create a problem where there is none thank you holy spirit we want to exalt your name father we want to glorify you because we know 
this is a new season you could be a businessman you could be an employee you could be an employer you could be anybody there is someone here a man i can see you in my spirit you are contemplating leaving your job because quote and unquote you want to start a business god says stay where you are that's an instruction not a suggestion stay where you are for now stay where you are you may do it in time in future but let it be that you hear his instruction clearly for now stay where you are stop toying with the idea thank you father god we want to honor you we give you glory